0: back everyone to Rogue things and the Rogue Direct Smackdown Review. We are hot on the road to Survivor Series here with the 11th of November episode, three days away or more accurately five days away given it was recorded on Tuesday uh, from Survivor Series and instead of building up the hot angles and saying like this is why you need to buy the pay-per-view, WF we just been like, oh well, they're gonna buy it bye. anyway? Let's make this school home show all about Arnie because this is a very noteworthy episode where he's the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger making an appearance and uh, joining me to look at this very noteworthy episode of SmackDown is the man who joined me in the last episode. He's taking a break from recording a fucking sports podcast for five fucking minutes because it seems to be one of those <laughs> every other day. His stuff does.
1: Honestly, I if you listen to one of the podcasts, I do complain about the amount of football that's on. Honestly, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but no, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's well, nice you, to talk about
0: wrestling. Yeah, see, if you, you're complaining about it, and you're fucking a fan of it. I don't give a shit about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's fun every couple of days just talk, talking with uh, Carl and Liam. I mean, you know, it's like to talk to Liam. But, uh, <laughs> on a short short uh, space of time and talk to him regularly, honestly, it's just mind-numbing. My, my therapist has told me to stop talking to
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said, we've got some wrestling to talk about. As I said, everything the built this is all about Arnie coming in. And you'd think Arnie would be here to build up one of these more well-known films because we know him from Predator and Terminator and all those types of things and they'd they big up movies like that when he comes out. But he's here to he talk about the well-known classic End of Days, which, i want to say before, I properly watched this episode of Smackdown because I knew obviously there was the moment where Arnie showed up to Smackdown. Uh, I'd never heard of End of Days. at no. all. Have you ever heard of this? <laughs>
1: No, 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 never heard of it, not once. I was there going, right, when did Predator come out? I was thinking he could Predator. Even if he was was here to promote Twins, it would have been okay, but end of days, I've never heard of it.
0: No. I mean, Terminator 3 would have been around this time, I think. No, I thought it was something like that. That would probably be more understandable because Terminator is a well-established franchise. But no, end of days, and I looked up, and this was an answer to a recent quiz I did with Jimmy Nason. Arnie's character's name is Jericho Kane, which is such a truly <laughs> creator wrestler name if I've ever heard. One.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't know that. <laughs> Jericho Kane. <laughs>
0: and oh, that's brilliant. He's fighting the devil, as they keep talking about in this felt in this episode, played by Gabriel Byrne. And I took the uh, the description of the movie directly from IMDb here for this episode. And this, if you just told me, describe a film that sounds like Arnie would probably have been in back in the day in under 30 seconds, this is probably why I would have spat out. And this is the exact description. This is from IMDb. At the end of the century, Satan visits New York in search of a bride. It's up to an ex-cop who runs an elite security outfit to stop him. What a load of Pish. have that the actual description that is how imdb has perfectly summed up this this film <laughs>
1: um, did, it, did it did it do well at box office
0: uh, considering i've never heard of it and i don't think many people who even are fans are any watching this episode back of remember this film i doubt it did. Oh. Uh, i not well, probably well, look well, up the numbers or anything
1: uh, uh, yeah, I've I've got the the thing here. Uh, but it budget had yeah, a budget of hundred million dollars. It made two hundred twelve million dollars in box office. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, it made, it
0: made it, the best
1: money. Well, surprisingly, the film received many negative reviews, and it is ranked eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Jesus Christ! I mean, like you said, it still made some money, but I think was purely on the, the value of Arnie's name being on it nothing to do with the quality of the film as that 11% clearly shows oh
1: it's a bit like uh, not The Rock now The Rock is made some truly terrible films people are still going to watch it because it's The Rock
0: mm-hmm. absolutely Fast
1: and franchise that's all I'm going <laughs> to say
0: well who needs The Rock we've got John Cena on, in it now oh I don't <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't <laughs> the only Fast and Furious movie I've watched is the first one. Uh, being like when my brother bought like one, one through five, he thought, I'll oh, actually try and watch these so see how bad they are. I didn't even bother skipping to five or watching through it to get to the rock where it apparently gets good. I watched the first one, a little bit the second one, and I thought, fuck it. Because one and two is, are stupid, but this is before it properly got like defying the laws of physics, flying cars across buildings or whatever the shit is they do now. So... Honestly, I'd oh, tell you, they're going to do a tenth one and they're going to end up in space somehow. I'm, 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 I'm telling you now, like Jason X, they're going to space for the tenth one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, they've already had a super soldier. I watched Hobbs and Shaw, and that was Idris Elba is a super soldier. So, they've already introduced superheroes, villains.
0: Oh, enough, enough about... Uh, Enough of this fucking film review that we've got going on. Let's actually talk about the wrestling and. Yes!
1: I'll,
0: I'll give a little week out of some stuff that's been happening on Raw. Because there was actually a big episode of Raw this week where we had uh, Austin calling it Vince at the start of the show to answer for Ahmed at the end of SmackDown the previous week. Where, Vince, where he just basically said, like, oh, I want to know, are you a lying son of a bitch or are you just a dumb son of a bitch? Basically saying, like, did you do that on purpose? And as Vince tries to talk, his microphone keeps fucking up. So Austin just takes the microphone off and it's not working and just launches it up the ramp. And Vince so affronted yourself, that was a $10,000 microphone.
1: <laughs> Vince's priorities are all my side no, Don't care about accidentally smacking your son the head. No care about a £10,000 microphone.
0: i like, where the fuck are you getting these microphones that are costing that amount of money and they're clearly not working because the whole point of him throwing the microphone away is it wasn't working and you couldn't hear what Vince was saying. So... Vince, are being ripped off. <laughs> uh,
1: but the, the man's a billionaire. He doesn't care about money.
0: Yeah. I mean, this main name was the year I believe they finally went public and they were on the stock market, so they're not in a hard time for money, but the cru- crux of this segment was basically so Vince could defend himself and say it was an accident, and he brings Rock and Triple H out to basically declare that he, Vince McMahon, will be the, uh, the referee at Survivor Series for the Triple Threat match. And but trouble is saying, "Oh, that won't make a difference because he's just like a rock and Austin like fight amongst themselves." He doesn't think Vince will get in his way, and immediately throughout Raw, I think once or twice some I'm SmackDown, and I've actually watched a little bit of of Survivor Series already. Every now and then they keep referencing, all oh, like fucking Survivor Series is known for screw jobs." Remember having in '97? 90, they're already running the Montreal screw drop into the ground, and it's only two years on from it. That's how much they fucking retreaded this old ground.
1: Oh, God. even even two years after you, you you're still you're bored of the screw job. God, it's boring now.
0: I know. The, the, the first time that they redid the screw job was fucking a year on from when they did Rock Mankind in '98. So, <laughs> but,
1: but yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm st- when they get advertising some of the stories obviously we know what happens but um, I love the fact they're still promoting that triple threat between The Rock Austin and Triple H
0: I don't know what you're talking about We've as, uh, as an old time classic as we all know Rock Austin Triple H happened once happened never again
1: no, no I'm, 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 yeah I'm, it, just, uh, it baffles me that they're still going on with it but then we get yeah <laughs> one of the best storylines ever but you know I digress
0: So DX are all over Raw this past week. We had the new tag champs, uh, Al Snow and Mankind, who won the tag titles in the last episode of Smackdown, we talked about putting the titles on the line against the New Age Outlaws. And the Outlaws, despite being the heels, start giving out to Al Snow over this action figure controversy and saying that Al Snow beats up women. Like, you you guys are not the meant to be sticking up for women when part of your whole gimmick is telling people to suck it and talking about doggy sale and all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, it was dominated most of that tag match. Uh, it Vince does threaten DX getting involved. Like Zainal, don't get involved. Valvinas does get involved in front of the referee, but there's no DQ as he attacks mankind the food that's somehow still going. Uh, referee's distracted, doesn't see... that After Alessandro's hit the snowplough behind their back, uh, Billy Gunkers then hits him with a chair and the Outlaws are once again the tag team champions so uh, yeah we've had two different tag champs in the space of a week
1: I, I, knew, I know that actually was famous for hot potato win championships but Jesus Christ it you
0: know, was annoying I don't know why Al had to get involved, in, uh, sorry I don't know why Val had to get involved in the first place because later on Val has a match against Godfather and uh, well well, doesn't like win by DQ because Mankind gets involved again to get payback from earlier on. No, there's Brawl on the outside, they do, and then Godfather wins by count out. And then no mention of that on SmackDown here. And they're both in completely different matches at Survivor Series. So like this Venus feud that's between Mankind that's continued far on from when it should have is not going to continue on SmackDown, on Survivor Series, or ever again, as it seems, finally. So why did Val had to get involved in the tag title match in the first place?
1: To make himself relevant. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, it, it's, all about t- it's all about taking your moments of TV time. Valvina saw, a, Valvina saw an opportunity, he used his initiative and was there where he wasn't needed.
0: You're grasping onto those final remnants of that main event pussy he thought he was getting.
1: Oh, oh bless him.
0: So there it was, or once again, tight chance. Al was on the phone with his mum later on backstage basically trying to defend, like, no mum, I don't be up with him. And uh, M- Mankind returns head to Al Snow to cheer him up. And they dance around the whole, oh, Mick's giving Al Head jokes.
1: I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's like Vince man knows my humour. <laughs>
0: There's a match between The Rock and X-Fuck, and they keep going on about how people magazine what would rock the sexiest wrestler. Okay, I didn't realise that was a thing. Uh, and weirdly, at this point in ninety nine they say that both Rock and X-Fuck are 27 years old. What? Apparently, I know The Rock was very young, because he was originally the youngest WWE champion before Brock, took that from him some years later. I didn't realise... Or young Xbox is because Xbox, when he came in as one, two, three kids, he was like, as if, like, you looked at him like, Do your parents know you're here? know, he only spends a few years at the company and but he comes back and he's like, He's aged 10 years and he's got facial hair. Yeah,
1: it, it is actually true. I've just, I've just did a quick search. He is actually 27 at that point. My god, if that is an advocate for don't do drugs, I don't know what is. <laughs> Jesus, what is he? Like, Look at this, he's two years older than me and I look, I mean, yeah, I don't look as wacky exactly like I'm 25, but Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: I know. Yeah, not really much to really say, but well, the referee gets taken it quite early so that goes to off to try and use a chair. Uh, Rock does one with the Rock bomb, but then DX come out and attack because he do not have any segment involving a member of DX without the rest of the team coming out and attacking somebody. Then that causes Vince to set up a title match later on in the night where the main event is Triple H defending the WF title against Test, his future son-in-law, uh, with Shane McMahon as the guest referee and Vince McMahon as the guest timekeeper. And he says that if DX get involved, Triple H will lose the title. So it seems like the odds are being stacked against the heel Triple H. Uh, Test actually puts in a very decent effort. Like He manages to catch Triple H in mid-air with a powerbomb. Uh, he gets pedigreed, but Shane doesn't count it. Uh, Vince hits Triple H with the title belt. Tess hits a pump panel slam, and then follows up with a really impressive elbow drop. You think, fucking hell, like, Tess is going to win this. And then, even though we know quite well that Tess was never WWE champion, uh, we get a moment that we talked about quite a lot in the opening segment of SmackDown, where you see Road Dog and Billy Gunn backstage on the screen, and they claim to be attacking Stephanie. All you can see is a pair of legs and a woman on the ground screaming. So uh, Vince and Shane and Tess all run out to save Stephanie. So Trove's basically, basically, I assume by count-out possibly, wins the, retains the title. And just the closing shot of Raw is Vince going into the locker room, but nobody's there. And jJ yelling, Stephanie, as the show fades to black as if it's a fucking, fucking soap opera cliffhanger. Like, what happened to Stephanie McMahon? Tune in next week.
1: <laughs> it does feel like that. It does feel a like lot raw in the '90s. Was the McMahon show? It was nothing to do with wrestling. Wrestling's just excited thinking. Is what's good? what happens this week? Are the McMahon's? Hmm. They no, are the original TV family.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then we go to SmackDown the opening thing where immediately following on from this, we have DX coming out. And they said, oh, no, that wasn't Stephanie. We didn't rape anybody. Because like, that's why we would have implied that they were about to do events and Shane didn't come in and, and stop them. And, like, no, no, that was just some local drama student. Like, and she's a hell of an actor. And then Billy Gunn says, oh, no, she wasn't acting. I think I may have punctured her lung or something like that. So I'm like, was she on it? and on it? Were you actually were you actually assaulting her? But they were pretending she was Stephanie? Like... <laughs>
1: It just—it just baffles me that this was happening in '99, but then again, I know it was WWE in this era. But Jesus Christ, some of the, it just, it's just—it's cringy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you listen to some of the language they're using here, like, "How were you allowed to get away with this?"
1: And that that's, that's, re-watching stuff like this in the time that we live in now—you just watch and go, "Oh no, oh why am I watching this?
0: No, no." And in the years year or so following, this, you have, people like the Parents Television Council complaining, and like their goes on the offense, are like, "Oh, they just don't get us." Like, "Oh yeah, because they really didn't see the true true glory in this whole segment of, yeah, we didn't or we did assault somebody sexually c- for our own gain."
1: <laughs> WWE
0: glorifies of rape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they almost said, "Oh yeah, we didn't attack, we didn't do anything to Stephanie," but. Triple H basically says, "Oh yeah, but we could sexually assault her if we wanted to." Like, "Oh yeah, well that's a, a great message to, to send." I'm, I'm sure I'm, Triple H and Stephanie's daughters love watching back old uh, WF if they say all this.
1: <laughs> oh god! No, but I, I'm trying to. My, my, my brother was my brother's fourteen, and he was. Uh, I was trying to get him into watching Attitude Era stuff, um, and he. Even then, I'm watching it going, oh, no, we should be watching this. And then he watched a bit of this episode with me, and he just sat there and went, right, is this wrestling? And I went, yes, this is still wrestling. He went, this doesn't feel like wrestling. It feels like a manual of what not to do. <laughs> I went, mean, if you're looking at Billy Gunn and Triple H and thinking, yes, that is what I want to be when I grow up, just 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 go away from me now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they, uh, and somehow they turn around this thing, They turn uh, to transition this into uh, Triple H talking about the trouble threat at Survivor Series, and he seems so desperate to get over the phrase that damn good as a catchphrase, because Triple H keeps referring to themselves being that damn good, and it's just one of those things, it's like Mean Girls, like, stop trying to make that happen. It's not happening.
1: Yeah, you, you, no, no one thinks you're that damn good. No, you just... No, you're just a man with a big nose.
0: (laughs) And then Vince comes out and is trying to, like, how's Vince going to get his revenge by booking the exact same match as last week. Only this time, it's an elimination match and Austin's too fucked. So you get test instead.
1: (sighs) This... Obviously, I know what happens comes to this. But if I was watching this, then Austin's not in the match. Surely... Your brain must be thinking, right, what is wrong with Austin? Why is Austin not involved
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the capacity that he, he he was involved in last week? What What, what is wrong with Austin?
0: Mm-hmm. They, and, do, they do make him the special enforcer because they know they have to get Austin on. Screen yeah. Somehow, otherwise people will be unhappy. So then Tess comes down and tries to get a piece of DX. And then just gets beat up 4-1. and one. No, Nobody else who's on the team later on in the night comes down to help him. Then slowly makes his way down and has to like, break up like a school teacher breaking up a school head like, Right, right, that's enough now. Back away with his cell phone, your parents. And then Test has a bloody nose and that, just because he's got a busted up nose, he's like, oh yeah, Test uh, may or may not be able to compete later on. Like, He's got a busted nose. I mean, Austin's neck and knees and everything else is fucking, he's been wrestling the last few weeks. Test can't go because he's got have a bloody nose. I mean, the scene we did everything the last few weeks to make Tess look like an absolute twat. Honestly, I feel so bad for him.
1: Oh, oh I do as well. I mean, uh, <laughs> I love the fact, as, as I've got my notes here, Vince slowly walks down. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's baffling. That I do feel sorry for Tess, the fact is he's, he's basically a cook in this. Yeah, Vince um, just looks well, over just
0: kind of like... Oh, fine. I suppose I'll go down and break this up then, as if he yeah, didn't. That's...
1: <laughs> I think Vince, Vince is on the ramp going, right, is Kane going to come out? Is Shane going to come out? Maybe The Rock? No, no, for fuck's sake. Fine. Fine. You're going to make... <laughs> a 50-odd-year-old man walk down to the ring to help a 6'8 dude get beaten up. But I will say this, though, about just about this opening segment. My God, it reminds me of 2015 with Triple H doing promos. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: honestly I I was sitting there going oh no I'm getting depressed again oh all I need now is Kane in a suit and the big show standing next to him and Seth Rollins going nah heh, heh. <laughs> that's all it needed and I was taken back to that depressed stage but as you said you yeah, had the same match for the, the week before and I just sat there going oh yeah this is where WWE was doing good booking they're not lazy at all
0: <laughs> no no. they can be asked. They know WCW's fucked, and they're just treading water for the next year or however. They thought we can just put wherever they want. They're going to buy the pay per view on Sunday.
1: Mm. I, I just just ask just ask you this question though. Do you think they should have done the angle involving Austin on SmackDown, or was it right to do it on the pay per view?
0: Hmm. I don't know. I think maybe, like I said, probably the pay per view is probably sold anyway. So maybe if you did it on SmackDown, you create even more entry to get people to buy the pay-per-view. Because I think the reason they, they keep advertising Austin is to get those last few pay-per-view buys. But if you do the angle, that's more intriguing, and that will bump up if you want like numbers to go up. So yeah, maybe you should have done it on SmackDown. But then again, maybe they think a shocking moment like that needs to happen on pay-per-view. Yeah, they don't want to give it away for free. So the pros and cons are on either side, I think.
1: Oh, th- for me I would have done it on I think this would have been a, it would have got people in. if they did it at the end of Smackdown I think it would have got people by, by the anyway to see what had happened to Austin mm. Good, So, so. That, I, I would have done it instead of like keep promoting a match that to be honest could have been a re- it was three of the biggest guys ever and then to advertise it just yeah it just didn't well yeah. also who also like, who, who replaced just absolute bollocks so well
0: He's also, you've brought in a decent number of casuals probably on this particular episode because Arnie's on it. So yeah. if you're just doing them because Arnie's on it and you see the angle with Austin, then you might have bought the pay-per-view even if you weren't going it. So to that extent, given that this is a, a big episode because it's all centered around Arnie being there, I can yeah. see why they maybe it's to take attention away from that or the big show angle that they've got coming up later on, but we'll, uh, mm. we'll get to that. We have another Kurt Angle vignette where he basically, in a condescending way, tries to explain why he's better than everyone else and why nobody else in the probably could have competed at the Olympic level like he could. So, uh, setting up to his match at Survivor Series. And then we have Vincent and the Stooges waiting for Arnie out in the parking lot and uh, Big Hollywood Arnie cutting it, cutting it fine, running late.
1: Uh, it was funny seeing the Stooges get sad
0: <laughs>
1: But you might miss it and Vince is saying, calm down calm down uh, but I it was just, uh, it's just it's all about uh, it's been fashion related that's what Arnie was being but I do I, I do love Patterson and Briscoe they are a highlight
0: oh yeah they are and, and Vince claiming that Arnie would not miss this episode of Smackdown for the World well he's already missed the opening segment <laughs>
1: Oh, bless Vince. He's a CLR old man.
0: So, our first proper actual match of the show is uh, Edge taking on Hardcore Holly. This is all in the lead up to a big eight man Survivor Series match. It's going to be Edge and Christian and the Hardys taking on Two Cool and the Hollies at Survivor Series. And for whatever reason, we had two Cool and the Hollies, despite the fact they'll be on the same team at Survivor Series, fighting each other on Raw this past week and we had the Hollies win after Hardcore Holly won with the Falcon Arrow when I didn't realise that was a finisher I mean the Alabama Slam that's a believable finisher but I just, I just don't well, a cool looking move I don't see the Falcon Arrow as a, as a proper finisher
1: I think it's because we've because we, we see we watch it now we see Seth Rollins use it as a transitional move and it, I mean, it, if done if done properly and done with some force, I, I, I think it can be a believable finisher. But Hardcore Holly is not a man who can make it look like a believable finisher. No,
0: yeah. I
1: mean, if Brock, if Brock Lesnar pulled out a falcon arrow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking about. I would wet myself if that ever happened.
0: So, if what we have here is Crash. He's holding the scales, and he goes to turn around and look at something, and he spins around with the scales, and accidentally whacks Hardcore in the back of the head with the scales, which upsets Hardcore Holly, and it doesn't doesn't take much to upset Hardcore Holly, the A man who seems to be always angry.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, hard, hard, uh, Hardcore Holly, as I said in the, the the previous one, is the epitome of charisma. <laughs> he, he makes Big E look boring. Honestly, but I mean, I, I will say so. Uh, Crash, Crash represented the wrong show with wearing a raw cap. I think someone should have told him SmackDown.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, it was a, 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 it was just boring, wasn't it? This match.
0: Uh, it was okay, not really much to say. I mean, Edge pulled a Fishman suplex, which I don't think I've ever seen him do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it was a solid TV match. that had a a finish more complicated than it needed to be. We had the whole suplex off the top rope, but. Both men's shoulders are down, and apparently Hardcore got his shoulders up at the last second, but I couldn't really tell. And then the name's Hardcore is the one to if I had the Edge, a, the a, according to Michael Call Edge one, even though Hardcore Holly's music's being played. And then they show the replay, but they don't show the replay from a different angle to try and verif- verify the actual result because they know that if they do have show it from another angle, it'll just look more shit and more confusing.
1: Oh yeah, because I mean, I noticed straight away that Edgy's shoulders were, Edgy's shoulders were down. Mm-hmm. So it was, Hardcore well, Willie did, Hardcore well, Willie, high level, Hardcore level for me did we? But Edgy's shoulders, they were down. It was just, I was there going, oh, this was just boring. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, honestly, I was I was just sitting there going, well, this end. And I love Edge. But I'm there yeah. going, just end.
0: Just end. Yeah, it didn't really help Edge, it. it just made him up more than you know, not realising that his own shoulders are down. And then uh, go back to the same parking lot where Arnie's finally arrived, fucking again. He's missed the first match. He shows up and he's all excited to be there. I don't know if Arnie's really a much of a wrestling fan. I know he, he, he appeared on that Andre documentary, the HBO one, and talked about going out to dinner with Andre. But, and, but he seems so excited to be there, which is always good when you have a guest, like a celebrity appearance, because there's nothing worse than a celebrity showing up as part of a wrestling show. And they clearly either don't know. The product, or just look like they don't want to be there.
1: Uh Arnie's an actor, a very good actor. <laughs> he looked so involved. No, last no, thing we mean, yeah, he did. He arrived, hugs Vince, looks happy, and yeah, it's nice to see when other slip. say when other celebrities turn up, and you could just tell they do not want to be there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Arnie coming in, and yeah, it was just nice to see Arnie.
0: So we went me. Uh, all right, it's just in time for this next match. It's a tag team match with the uh, the Godfather, our our favorite here on the Retro SmackDown Review, teaming with uh, deal Brown against the Dudley Boys. And it's a pretty decent match. This is setting up for an Elusive Series match where it's going to be the Dudleys team with the acolytes at Survivor Series against the team of deal Godfather and the Headbangers. And the only real story I think is there's apparently some feud going on with the Headbangers and. The dudleys It's mainly been featured on heat but i don't watch it so i don't know what the fuck's going on
1: no neither do
0: i <laughs> i don't think no. i really care to know either because i can't stand the headbangers
1: no i agree um i, I put this on it so um so godfather comes out with his hose lot yeah lots of hoes this week lots of hose, mm-hmm. lots of hose. I, I i do want his glasses <laughs> I think the Godfather attire is probably the best attire in this era of WWE. It's just incredible. Um, also, don't you think when Devon does his headbutt to the balls jump off the top rope, that is a finisher? Me. I mean, sorry, if if any put, if, if my balls get nutted, I am not moving. I am
0: done. Uh, it's a weird. Thing.
1: Out of me, and it's done.
0: It's weird with that move because they did it in ECW where there were basically no rules. They got they did it in the Attitude where they were basically allowed to do anything. But we actually think about it, it is like the most blatant low blow or like shot to the balls ever. And those were meant to be illegal and there were meant to be cause for a DQ. And yet, never did the Dudley's ever get in any trouble for doing that move.
1: No, they don't. I mean, Goldust got in trouble for doing Shadow
0: dreams. So the even kick him when the ball he kicks the turnbuckle which was into the ball, and yet he gets dq for it. Do you know
1: what it is? It's just favouritism. <laughs> it is. But uh, another, thing, this, another thing that got me from this match is Michael Cole and commentary saying that uh, D Brain and the Godfather are not used to tagging. Now, I'm pretty sure Godfather and D Brain were in the nation of domination. Yeah. Did they not tag together?
0: I think they would have been in, like, six men's, But I think in the later days of the nation, it was mostly Delo and Mark Henry. that were a tag team together.
1: Michael Cole talking out of his arse as per usual.
0: Michael Cole clearly does not remember the nation of domination, even though it only broke up a year ago.
1: Duh. It's just shocking. Honestly, Michael Cole is a tit.
0: (laughs) The the solid uh, tag match, you know, and they're pulling out pile drivers uh, do little hits east sky high uh, the hose accidentally distract the rev which allows the W's to hit the 3D and then pick up the wind so the hose accidentally screwed the Godfather so you know they're lucky the Godfather's so nice because most pints would not be as, as understanding but you know Godfather was probably very forgiving of his hose
1: yes Tim White thinking of his cock at first to be honest with you <laughs>
0: I know. I mean, like, Tim White seems to be the referee of any Godfather match, and after every match, he just always seems to somehow dance with the hose. So he's clearly showing some sort of favoritism towards the Godfather.
1: I mean, big, big. mean, like honestly, it was <laughs> basically Tim, Tim White. Oh, doesn't care about rules. He just cares about his cock. That's all it is. And to be honest, if I were, if I was offered. To referee Godfather matches, the Godfather would win all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because mm-hmm. I think I, I, I do, I do think him and Tim White have a deal,
0: some sort of deal. I oh,
1: should man.
0: mention that uh, since the accolades, I don't think they really appear later on very briefly. I should mention the accolades who will be team with the Dudleys. Uh, they are, we are starting to see remnants of what will become the APA with the accolades. Are finally getting some personality because uh, it happened again on Raw. And uh, the last couple of weeks, they've been having the, the acolytes appear on, on uh, in bars and basically starting bar fights. So they're starting to get a little bit of what the will be like. Basically, the acolytes weren't on Raw. They get there and and then appearing at a bar watching Raw. And then eventually, some patron you know, gets in their face and calls them fake wrestlers. So they just beat the shit out of everybody.
1: Mm. Good. No good. I mean, APA JBL is the best. <laughs> I I, I do like APA uh, uh, APA uh, Simmons as well. They're just so good. Basically, they they knew that they basically they knew that they were they were lackluster and boring. So just like you know what, fuck it. Let's just be. Let's just start bar fights people on like us then because in ring they don't get better. Some shit. But character wise, they're incredible.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Recently, like in the last month. They've been bland as anything because, well, they're not really in the ministry anymore. So they're just big guys who just are very stiff in the ring. And they managed to Mm -hmm. find a gimmick for that. So that actually worked. So good on them. Next up, uh, match-wise, we have Val Venus taking on the British Bulldog. And this is also staying up as a very fun match. And uh, out of all of them, this is the most random of them all. Prepare for this. At sorority, he's going to be the Bulldog and he's, he's like he's the, uh, the Mean Street Posse, taking on the team of Valvinus, D Blackman, Gangrel, and Mark Henry. <laughs> Why? Because. Because Bulldog has three people, so he should fight a team of four and here are four guys who aren't doing anything. Blackman, I don't think we've really seen him since Unforgiven. Gangrel, Hasn't, has done fuck all since the Hardys. And beat him up the night after No Mercy. And Mark Henry is on his own because he betrayed the Godfather. And then Vista betrayed him a while ago. So, they're all doing fuck all. Val doesn't is not in the main event anymore. So, way back in the mid-card all He's the team with all these other mid Against this guy. Who's the European champion. Uh,
1: that is the epitome of, um, that is the epitome
0: of a pre-show
1: match, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I just looked at, it, I went, Ugh. and I just asked a question: uh, When did Bulldog and the Mean Street ends become a thing?
0: They randomly help make a match against Test because they somehow they have issues with Test and Shane from a, a feud that ended ages ago. So they helped the Bulldog because Bulldog needs people who can do work for him because he's knackered and then they help them win the European title.
1: I mean, but of all people he could have, he has the three most irritating men in the world. (laughs) Honestly. I I can't stand them.
0: I mean, as I say, they're here to basically take bounce for Bulldog, Mm. because as soon as this match starts, they immediately go to Bulldog being the one worked over in the corner, because he can't go on offense for more than 10 seconds before he gets blown up. And like it's like... But possibly like, oh, Bulldog's already getting knackered quickly running. And immediately this match ends in a brawl and a du with the uh, the team that are going to face them at Savarity's all coming out. So we get a preview of that match. And it's just like, what is happening? Because I look at this match, and as I said, I've already watched a bit of and I'm wondering, who are the faces t- here? Because Bulldog has been an absolute bastard since he came back. And also he's got the annoying heel group as his backup. So he's going up against these guys: so the the vampire, the guy who uses illegal weapons, the guy who betrayed his pal because he's addicted to sex, and the, the ex porn star who's been nothing but a bastard to Mick Foley the last month. Are all meant to be the good guy standing up to the bulldog?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm a man who loves sex too much is a face. <laughs> so we, we've got that covered, but. I'm just going to say the the words of M- Michael Cole. This is going to be an all-out war Sunday. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> I mean, My God. This is the epitome of a piss break.
0: I look at the, this team and I really think they really should swap Blackman out for Godfather. And the reason for that is because you'd have an actual theme with this team because you'd have the guy who sells women for sex you have Gangrel, who now directs porn. You have the porn star, and the guy who's addicted to sex. So there's a running theme throughout the team. Whereas now you've got those three, and instead of Godfrey, you've got Steve Blackman, the man who looks so uninterested in anything that he probably doesn't even like sex.
1: <laughs> or he just has that fight as having sex.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. wasn't Steve Blackman an escort? No. Or was it, no, I'm, I'm thinking about Buff Bagman, I
0: thinking about know. I'm pretty okay, thinking about Buff oh, sure Bagman.
1: I'm, pr- I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Steve Blackman was an escort. Um, I'm just going to quickly look this up. I remember reading this because for some reason.
0: Uh, what kind of low-rent escort agency are you using that you're ending up with Steve Blackman for the evening?
1: I know, Liam.
0: This is...
1: Uh, wow No, 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 he didn't.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, no, he, no, he didn't. He became a bell bondsman. I'm thinking about Buff Bagwell.
0: I mean, the only sexual thing about Steve Lackman is I'd probably think about one of his matches if I didn't want to come too early. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: no! Jude's <laughs> got two children. And he's married. Can you imagine his wedding? Do you text one? Yes. Do you? Um, I know, potentially husband and wife.
0: Thank you. you I imagine them being very much like Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine is that you can't tell when he's happy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the male version of Christian Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. she she's boring.
0: I will happily start Kickstarter to have a remake of Twilight, but with Steve Blackman in her role. <laughs> in the original but watch the version of Steve Blackman in it
1: <laughs> oh that needs to happen now <laughs> oh yes I'm trying to, I try, I try to think of the most boring people in the world you can have in that film that could make it better <laughs> oh that's
0: brilliant <laughs> uh, so we go backstage to the rock having a segment with Arnie and uh uh, Arnie's acting like he, he loves The Rock. He went, "Hey, there's a lot of jabronis in Hollywood. We uh, we are uh, we'd set up for a year later when The Rock would basically be as big as star, not bigger than Arnie was in like, the Action movie and the blockbuster scene in Hollywood." And The Rock mentions the uh, the movie Arnie's movie, is here from End of End*, in such a in such a natural way. It doesn't sound like a forced plug in anyway. <sighs>
1: I mean, The Rock, as I said, fantastic actor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: brilliant. This, this, this is this is what made Hollywood realize: yes, this man, this man is the next big thing. Not, not the Scorpion King, nothing <laughs> to do with that. This segment here.
0: So, oh. you came here, you came to listen to this episode for two things. One of them is Arnie, and we've talked about him already. This is the <laughs> other thing you're here for. <laughs> you two segments throughout the night. I'm going gonna, gonna to lump them in with the most important bit. On Raw, the Big Show's dad is apparently, he's dead, but for real this time, not Bossman playing a, a cruel prank on him. So on Raw, we have uh, Big Show's not actually there, but on Raw, Lynn Garcia tells everyone to please rise as we ring the bell ten times for Big Show's dad. And Big, big Bossman interrupts the ten bell salute to read a sympathy card that he got for, for Bateshow's death, and he says, with deepest regrets and tears that are soaked, I'm sorry to hear that your dad finally croaked. He lived a full life on his own terms. Soon he'll be buried and eaten by worms. If I <laughs> had a son as stupid as you, I would wish for cancer so I would die too. So pick yourself up get your life back on track, because the old bastard's dead and he's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what if I went on with the help of Albert like, get DQ'd in a match with Kane?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at it, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's just, how is this? How is this real? How is this a real, thing, uh, a real segment to do? Oh <laughs> God, it's just brilliant. <laughs>
0: How Big Boss Man read that card out with such a straight face as well is beyond me. So oh. we've, been, we've been teasing the shocking footage from uh, the Big Show's funeral. And if you've been watching properly the last week, you immediately know, oh, fuck, what did the Boss Man do? Because there's no way the Boss Man didn't get involved. You hear something shocking happened at the Big Show's dad's uh, funeral. And so we've had small vignettes through the night of... Uh, Matrix Big Show, as I'll say, with a big long leather jacket and he's fucking sunglasses. Who wears sunglasses to our funeral? I don't care if it's outside. And he's been there with mourners all looking very sad and everybody's crying. And then we go to a bit where Big Show is, is speaking about his dad and, that. and then we hear the we hear the boss man and he drives around and what people refer to as looking like a car from the Blues Brothers with a giant megaphone on the top of it. And then he says says to Big Show's mom, now that you're a single woman, how do you feel about being with a real man? And Big Show just runs straight for Boss Man. Boss Man only slightly starts to drive as Big Show climbs up on the roof of his car. And Big Show takes the softest looking bump off a car I've ever seen. (laughs) And all these people surround the Big Show as Boss Man gets a chain and hooks it to the coffin and then hooks it to the back of his car and saying that oh your daddy always wanted to be a drag queen I'm going to help him do that like what? how the hell did you why would Who would you know that you're talking piss and then he drives off with the coffin as Big Joe goes no and dives onto the back of the coffin and then just rolls off it
1: honestly the roll off bit I I, I broke them. I could not stop laughing it was brilliant just to see. <laughs> uh, honestly, this whole segment is just a fucking clusterfuck, isn't it?
0: This is a moment that WWE properly, like, in pack- recap packages and shit like that, proudly show, like, oh, God, can you believe this thing happened? The time the guy's dad's coffin got stolen at his funeral. And, uh, and yet, yeah, we'll never mention anything else that happened in the lead-up to this this feud. But this is apparently Okay. And from what I've heard from Bruce Prichard, he was there, like, directing the segment, and apparently they were trying to, like, rush through it because they knew they had a service coming in soon. But then I think they ran over a bit, so there were proper mourners in the cemetery at the time the segment was being filmed, as the coffin is being dragged away. And then uh, I think the people in charge at the, uh, the cemetery weren't happy because, obviously, they'd ran over and proper mourners seeing what happened. So And apparently Prichard basically left the... The head director guy, one of his sound guys, there at the same time just bugger off. Like, well, you explain this to them, and fucked off as soon as the thing was done.
1: Oh, that's fucking brilliant. That's even that. This has made this even better. Only, <laughs> only-, only the WWE. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Only the WWE would do that. Seriously, they they could they could have gone to, like, a set. They could have just put, like, a graveyard, but they went to a real graveyard with real people mourning, and they filmed a skit of a man chasing after his dad's coffin.
0: you can imagine if there's an illustrator, no going on for another moment, oh, or whatever it's so over, they say, like, old Dolores, she was a happy grandmother She lived her full life. She goes, hey, remember, hey the big show, your daddy's dead. <laughs>
1: Something over there
0: <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> and a quarter picture from what I've heard. Big Show came up with this whole thing. It was apparently Big Show's idea to do the storyline. And I don't know how much of that I believe. But like looking at this, I, I felt bad for Big Show before this. If this was Big Show's idea I'm like what the fuck was going through your mind, you thought this would help get you over. <laughs>
1: I mean, there's sort other of things that you can get you over. I mean, like beating beating up Triple H, maybe could get you over. Uh, attacking some heels, attacking some bad guys. No, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna do a fake funeral on my dad, and he will just get people to laugh at me.
0: We should point out, obviously, as we keep mentioning, Batgirl's dad's been dead for years at this point, so it's not as if he's actually using his old dad's death as far as a storyline, But, also yeah, I do love yeah. his dad's been dead for years, but then they said they had him boss man fake out, make big shows that, make make, make big shows thing that his dad is dead, and then we later went, oh no, we, we actually need him to die for purposes of the storyline. so, uh, oh no, he's actually dead for real this time. Oh, fuck's sake. Fucking WWE. <laughs> Honestly. So that was, this was maybe filmed earlier in the day. Big Show doesn't even show up on Smackdown. We don't see Big Show again until, uh, until Survivor Series. And then Boss Bang comes out for a, a hardcore title match with Rook. And uh, I noticed a funny thing. It says, I'm taping Thunder. So there you go. You don't need to choose one or the other. Even back in the 90s, you can still take one and go to the other. I've heard once or twice, uh, apparently, people in the early days of SmackDown would bring signs saying, It's really Tuesday.
1: Oh, oh, oh who would have thought, honestly, who would have thought they'd be smart in these days? souls
0: Breaking kayfabe and everything.
1: Oh, I mean, it was, it's still real to me. Jesus went to <laughs> these arsenals. It's, it's
0: live. Ugh. So, Osman obviously showed no more what happened at the funeral. Come here, here to defend the title. He's a hardcore title against Farouk. Farouk comes out to some really weird music. It's not like the Athletes music, it's just some random music they've given Farouk which is, it just does not suit him at all. And he, he says, "I he vows to win the hardcore title and then shove it up men's ass. I don't yes. know why you would do that to a title you've just won.
1: Unless he has a new one made, but I mean, to, uh, shoving the top. I mean, I don't get that when they say, I want to shove things up asses. I mean, mm. it, it just, I mean, when people say, I'm going to shove my, I'm going to uh, shove my boot up your ass. Well, not really, because if you get your boot up their ass, you're kind of stuck there. Yeah. I know. Um. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, it just, it's basically when I want to shove things up asses.
0: I'm a, uh, wait. Hey, uh, because it's mainly the Rocks thing, but it seems to be everybody's obsessed with the asses as quickly at this same period Farouk as you expect batters the boss man which I think people are happy with because everybody wants to see the boss man his ass for what he's done like, he's throwing him across the barricades he's choking him with like, cables uh, also Prince Albert tries to get involved and uh, he actually sprays Farouk with mace right in the face uh, they hit Farouk with the steel steps to help get the win Bradshaw does a run in but he's already too late because the match is over so Bradshaw was clearly finishing his beer before coming out And a bit of a Bradshaw braw.
1: did the Vince McMahon um, save that's what it was Bradshaw just Bradshaw was there Bradshaw was like at, the, at the ramp going mm, if I go out now I might get maced I uh, don't know shall I I mean do I run through camera singles title when it's better than me already mm, that's, probably, that's what he was thinking I thought, you know what? Oh, I'm going to say him there, make me look like a good guy when he's
0: battered. He's in the stage, be like, God damn, around I have to do everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's, there's also maybe a Survivor Series match of Big Show having the team versus uh, a team led by Bossman, but uh, it doesn't quite work out that way, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about that more at our Survivor Series review. But the feud between China and Jericho continues. Leading up to their Continental title match at at a Survivor so Series, and Jericho cut up a promo on Raw in a football field, which I've not done. Prelude to the stadium stampede twenty years before it happened, and he talks about China being an embarrassment, and basically how he's gonna he has to take the IC title from her to, for just to save the title from being held by a woman. China has a match with Stevie Richards on Raw. And she comes out, uh, she's finally got her Don't Troom Like a Woman music. Because we, like, of course, had kind of like an instrumental version of it, but now she like the proper version with the lyrics.
1: She
0: mm-hmm. came out dressed as Elvis, but when he was cutting his promo one trying to sound like Elvis, he sounded more like Johnny Bravo. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say this about about Jer- Jericho's, uh, what he said that he said they will end a career and says this He's better, smarter and sexier than China. <laughs> now, uh, is he? <laughs> is he better? Yes. Is he smarter? Yes. No. Is he sexier than China? That's a question. No. Like, if you had to. If you had to. Jericho or
0: China? In '99, China. <laughs> China, yeah.
1: This is, so. Jericho, you're two out of three, there, mate. So <laughs> just check, check it out your ass.
0: Uh So you know, Jericho does come out and beat up both Richards and uh, China, and on Raw, Richards has been a weird third wheel in this feud, and he's never—he's only even mentioned when Survivor comes around. Yeah, Sina gets interviewed backstage and Miss Kitty's there with her basically near like the makeup bit and basically talks about basically they make all jokes about Jericho being jealous and basically making jokes about penis envy and small dick size and all shit like that. And then they show a commercial where Jericho apparently attacked China and like, hit with a mirror and all sorts of shit. And then Jericho comes out on the stage basically talking about how he, he said she should hand the title to him at Survivor Series. So and calls China nothing more than a publicity tool for the DIA, and that's why she's a champion. And he says he's better simply because he's male. So uh, again, just permanence of the Jeff Jarrett you Basically, anybody feeding with China has to either hate women or just say, Okay well, I'm better on you because I'm a man."
1: Mhm. I mean, that's what that's what you want to say.
0: I don't know. Go. Oh. And, well, Yurko pretty much is rightfully calling out WWE when she says that she's a publicity tool because, yeah, China's one of the more believable women to win a, a men's title. There is an element of kind of like, look, women can do everything, anything, in the WWE women can win a men's title. So, you know, they've, the WWE are trying to like make themselves look good by putting a belt on China. So, in a way, Yurko's kind of right when he says that she's a publicity tool. True,
1: true, true.
0: Mm-hmm. we see The Rock trying to rally the team before the uh, the Survivor Series match in the main event before we go to another match Jeff Hardy taking on Grandmaster Sexy again leading up to that big Survivor Series match uh, this Sunday uh, again another decent TV match as a swant on the outside if it's got a backdrop uh, the referee keeps getting distracted and Grandmaster Sexy actually wins the match We're using the skull crushing finale
1: Oh, that's not a finisher at all.
0: I know. It looks weird seeing someone like Gran, say, someone kind of shorter, using that because I know Jericho would use it for a well while in a couple of years. But, like, it seems weird seeing anybody other than The Miz use it, but I think it's more of a modern perspective looking back at it.
1: I think The Miz made it look better than Jericho and Grandma Sexy made it look. I think with Jer- The with, with Miz it actually looks... Mm-hmm. like a finisher like he actually puts some force into it but this match was three and a half minutes long and there were so many shenanigans
0: oh yeah definitely because he had like Matt was there you know Teddy being the manager of the Hardys and also he got Scotty Joghottie on a uh, on Grandmaster he side I
1: mean like uh, I mean Teddy Long is very easily distracted Teddy, Teddy Long I think all referees in this era were very easily distracted Mm-hmm. Tim White distracted by hose. Teddy Long distracted by air. It seems.
0: I mean, Teddy Long had two singles, comp- had two tag wrestlers in a singles match, and it didn't at any point feel the need to turn this into a tag team match. So I'm wondering if Teddy Long's feeling himself.
1: Yeah, or he said, "Carry on with the shenanigans, and you'll go one on one with the Undertaker." Teddy Long disappointed me here.
0: I know. We have another Arnie segment backstage where he's softened to Stone Cold. And someone oh yeah, can't wait to see your movie end of days. I'm so hurt. I really need to go home. You didn't <laughs> see that last bit uh, I he implied it.
1: All I've got is Austin meets Arnie, they smile.
0: I know. I mean, <laughs> but, it's, it's, I get
1: very, if I, if I was anyone, like, you know, backstage in WWF at that time and Steve Austin smiles at you, you get worried. I know. I mean, I was expecting Arnie to be hit with the stunner at this point. Mm. But we get to the next segment with Vince.
0: Yeah, Vince brings Arnie out and brings him up as a, uh, a big, all the movies obviously we know him from. He comes out and Nick uh, Cole is also running down his, uh, his of accomplishments and, and movies. And like, you know, in The Terminator, Proud, Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin, like. Yeah, that should really be up there. That's really what we should be talking about. And sure, so Arnie gets given a replica WAF title eh, from Vince, and he holds it up and he looks so happy to be there. He's like, Well done, Vince, you built an empire, and all that, and WAF number one, and pretty much all that. DX is backstage, kind of really not liking all the attention Arnie's getting. Like Triple H says, Hey, I had to help work my whole career to get the WAF He just gets handed it. He's not the actual champion. He's, he's been given a replica. It's like He's <laughs> as much of a champion as Miss currently is with the TNA belt. Hey, you, <laughs> you
1: leave that man alone. <laughs> I, will, I will say this, though. I do prefer the blue strap to the uh, black one.
0: So do uh, I, yeah. Because I remember when they first got introduced that belt when Austin first got given it the yeah. night after Mania, it was blue.
1: Apart from that. St- I mean, just the old WF logo on that belt looked ridiculous when Austin got it, but it does look so much better with blue than it does in black. But now that Arnie was given to top, basically being the box office champion, does that mean The Rock gets one now?
0: I think so. Well, maybe if we you give it the, the Rock, and then I think but he's just around it for being part of uh, for being part of uh, Avengers and shit like that because probably somebody in Marvel should get that film.
1: Oh, Samuel L. Jackson, actually. Imagine Samuel L. Jackson just, like, going to Arnie's house and just calling him a motherfucker and then taking his belt. <laughs> oh, that's not to yeah. happen there. Motherfucker. And then just rock-bottom him.
0: Yeah. So then, EX after Arnie's finished with his big rambling on promo, and basically, she basically have finished off by saying, go watch my movie. Uh, no. Which is because the way to describe this movie it seems like well, this is a summer blockbuster. Like, this is November. Like, why is this big action movie coming out in November when all of the end of the year when all the Oscar bait movies come out? Because no one's no one would ever consider like, an end of days an Oscar bait film. But like, why is a summer blockbuster com- being released in November? It's supposed to show that even people making it knew it was going to be shit.
1: Oh, it could, could be a Thanksgiving film or for Christmas because the Americans have lots of stupid holidays. <laughs>
0: Oh yes, that, that's to be American holiday Christmas, you know. What will the Americans think of next? New Year? <laughs> no, no, I think that's more, of a, that's more of our thing over here.
1: Oh no, they've made it gaudy though. I mean, that, that ball dropping in Times Square. Oh, for God's sake. Oh <laughs> <I> what
0: friends. <laughs> so, DX made a plan to try and jump Arnie. Backstage, and then there's a random like stage hand comes in who's clearly looks nothing like Arnie. Comes in, they all jump him, then go, Wait a minute, he's not Arnie, and then they continue to beam up anyway.
1: They just want to make their point across the fact that they think it's Arnie, but you know, just let's just let's beat random men up.
0: <laughs> Honestly, anyway, they're just sufferable. We could go straight to our main event, but no, we've got a full. Two and a half minutes to fill. Let's put some women out there. So Ivory comes out and basically challenges Tori to a women's championship match. And also Tori now being with Kane, She, Ivory basically says, "Why don't you try claiming that big red retard of a boyfriend?" Like, what is it with Kane being referred to as the big red retard? Because like, seemingly like everybody uses that phrase for, to describe Kane, and I'm really not having it. <laughs>
1: No, he's not. A, I, I, I mean, when I mean, he's when Jim Ross says it. Oh, here comes a big red retard. He's not a fucking retard. He'll knock us all out. Don't call him there. No,
0: and,
1: and he just it just angers me. I mean, <laughs> Kane is Kane at this point wasn't. He had lost a little bit of shine, but he was still a monster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But referring to him as a retard, it just pisses me off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And also, I, I love the fact that like you said the two and a half minutes to fill before, the, obviously, the main event. This went to... I love the fact that went to a known contest and it was one minute and 16 seconds long.
0: Yeah, I think I was being generous because, like... see, It feels weird how quick so many these segments go on a taped show. Like, how much time did you really want to fill? Or how much did you cut this down? Because, like, this isn't like it's live and you have to fill some time. Like, this is a, a taped show... And you're having segments that barely go more than a couple of minutes. So, Tori runs out, takes down Ivory, and immediately, like the first woman that comes out is Deborah. So, literally, collectively, like a group of meerkats, all the crowd that are mostly men immediately turn to the side as they see Deborah coming out down the ramp, and basically they're paying no attention to the match and the vertical in there, and are cheering for Deborah because oh look, she's got big tits, and then or basically every woman that they've got on the roster almost at this stage, other than China and Miss Kitty, come down because they're doing a not a survivor series match, they're doing an eight women sudden death match. Uh, sorry, basically an eight women tag, one fault to finish because fuck if we're having a women's match in Volta because that actually might go a long time and we can't have that.
1: Honestly, it does it, it, doesn't, it does just make you sick, does it? Knowing that what the re- women's wrestling is. Rock- uh, as of now just watching it back you'd think uh, 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 as a woman why would you want to pursue this as a career because literally you get no TV time and the only TV time you get is if you've got massive tits and you're blonde
0: I feel, I feel really bad for Ivory kind of getting lost in a month because she's the one good wrestler I think amongst all this yeah. and like as something you, if you ever you wonder Trish and Lita who we won't see until 2000 are overhyped and how much people we'll talk about how good they were look at who they had before them and then try and consider were they overrated because when you really think about it they were a breath of fresh air at that time I've made, yeah. my, I've made my notes here eat women brawl fuck this segment that's literally what I, I put I, in, in my notes It's just shocking I, I, I
1: hate it. I mean like I, I think I, I do feel for Ivory because Ivory it, I mean and also Molly Holly and stuff like that they should have got a lot more time than they did. I mean, yes, Trish and Lea had a certain look and yes, they were very, I mean, they were good, they weren't the best but I, I do wish that Ivory came along a little bit later in the era of Trish, Lita, um Mickey James, uh, that sort of ilk. Mm-hmm. It just, it just angers me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But here we are, two men talking about women's wrestling. Woo!
0: <laughs> yeah, because what people really need when now is two men telling people how women's wrestling should be handled.
1: <laughs> uh, Might have been
0: <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, for a reason test, he's got a, a busted nose, so he can't possibly wrestle, so Shane, Kane and Rock all come out. So, basically, it starts off 4-on-3, uh, Arnie's on commentary, but apparently they don't have a spare headset and they've, they're spending $10,000 on microphone, so... Uh, they just hand a microphone, like a regular mag- microphone to Arnie to do commentary. <laughs> and you know, honestly, he's not he wasn't the worst commentator. No, that's Michael Cole. <laughs> well I also thing is funny is the way they try and like describe the movie and like the whole plot of basically Arnie taking on the devil and the end of days like they make it like, Oh, I I fought the devil and like they make it like Arnie you didn't actually fight the devil, like, that's how, you realize how movies work, right? It was fictional because like Especially when Keane comes in, like, oh, he, he reminds me of the kind of people I fought in my latest movie, like, you didn't actually fight a demon, you didn't actually fight the devil.
1: Don't tell him that. Shh, it's, re- it's real to him. He doesn't believe in, he actually believes that they're there. <laughs> D- don't, no, don't don't lie to him.
0: No, Keane and Xbox are almost immediately taken out of this match because they just start brawling in the back. Mm. Uh, Shewing gets isolated obviously because he's the non-wrestler. He gets eliminated uh, with a Famouser from Billy Gunn. So basically it's like three on one. Road Dogg, Billy Gunn and Triple H against the Rock. But then Tess comes out to make the save. Uh, Billy Gunn gets taken out by by a DQ for using a chair. Road Dogg's eliminated with a Rock bottom. Again, there has to be a ref bump. Uh, So that leads Austin the Enforcer to come in. He accidentally hits the Rock with a chair which uh, allows Triple H to get the pin. And then we have the famous segment that people remember from when Arnie appeared, where there's a brawl running about the an unstable table. Triple H is trying to get a chair, so he's trying to take, like, Arnie's chair, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So, so then Arnie, Triple H swings for Arnie, and Arnie basically just backhands Triple H. And then Arnie gives the chair... Right, uh, this pins a... Triple H after Arnie gives the charity Austin to use on Triple H. And Tess gets the pin and then just immediately leaves. But you, well, Tess gets the pin, he gets a big win over the heel Triple H, the DIA champion, on the go-home to one of the big four pay-per-views. And then immediately, seemingly disappears because the ending of the show is all about Arnie and Stone Cold.
1: I mean... You- it's what sells. I mean, would you rather see Tess standing tall or Arnie and Osted? I mean, this match was just... It was just stupid. It was just boring to watch.
0: Uh-huh. Like, um, I know I kind of ran through like, all the animations because that's pretty much how quick it went because like, there was a commercial yeah. in the middle, but like, Shane, obviously, it makes sense. He would get worked over and... Because uh, he's the non resident, so he gets word over. Come back from break. Expect him to make you start, making his come Lead to the hot tide to the rock. No, he just gets eliminated by Billy Dunn. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: It just it just fell thrown together. It fell just it just fell right. Let's just get this over a quick. Let's get over this. Let's get this over done with really quick. So we just basically lead to Austin and um, Arnie right. in the end. That's what it felt like. It was just yeah, yeah. or. I and it didn't it. feel like a go-home show for a bit. I'd say it didn't feel like a go-home show for a big mm.
0: like I hope oh. that Arnie doesn't even properly like, hit Triple H with like, a punch or anything. He, like I said, he backhanded him. It's just proper... You not expect that from the big than Arnie. Just like, oh, fuck off.
1: <laughs> like swatting a fly.
0: I know.
1: I mean, Triple H at this point was... Yeah, he was deplorable, but he deserved a punch. Not not a little eh the backhand. I'm I'm gonna swat you in the face. No, just fucking batter him. Clatter the bastard. You're a terminator. You're a machine Kill him Kill him
0: (laughs) also I don't like Kane X but basically being taken out and me So, you know, that was for that was worthless hyping up that they too would be involved in this match. Because you're for all the two minutes. Like, I know he's made a heat Xbox, but like the fact that he just disappear and that's them done for the night.
1: Uh, it was, was just—I mean, it was pointless. You could have just—you could have had a tag team tag team match between um, Triple H or you could have had um, Billy Gunn and the Road Dog against Test and The Rock, probably or Test and Shane. That would have been it. Yeah, but no, they had to put the four four men together. Uh, I, sorry, I ate my match. It was just boring and pointless.
0: Yeah, big big test gets the uh, the good feel good win for the face team, and is basically the sole survivor at the end. Not on Survivor Series at all. As test,
1: yeah, you're not allowed to celebrate. You're not allowed to celebrate, putting the WWE champion at all. So you know, it's fine.
0: Yeah, no. So. I know we've, we've talked a lot I share about this, uh, this a lot of the stuff that's happened in the show. Overall, Rhys, let's get your rating. Thumbs up in the middle or down and is there any moment on the show that you would actually tell people to go back and watch just one segment or a match?
1: Thumbs down is boring apart from uh, the big show segment which I think is just incredible.
0: Yeah, and I think and I think most people will have seeing that even if they are watching this episode for the first time.
1: Oh, yeah. Th- th- thumbs down. Firmly down. But I would say if I had to get someone to watch, if I want someone to watch the big, I will make them watch the Big Show segments just because they are comedy gold and how poorly acted they are and also just Big Show, just a thought of Big Show running and then just delicately falling off is just the best.
0: Yeah, and it just says, no as he as he dies <laughs> on the coffin. Yeah, even if you haven't seen it already, uh, I'd say watch the big show thing. Arnie, I think it's good for the most part. So I'm saying maybe a middle. I'm I'm a thumbs in the middle kind of thing. Yeah, uh, if you're a fan of like Clusterfucks, then no, you can take your pick from this show. But if you're a fan of a Clusterfuck, then maybe uh, maybe they're either the big show segment or the severity match in the main event. Because you're a fan of just matches where everything's a complete mess and it breaks down quickly, then uh, that's going to be right up your alley. So, Yeah, it didn't feel like a goal. I think, again, they're they're feeling like, oh, well, we've already really sold Survivor They're going to make the decision they're going to buy it or not. Let's just get some mainstream publicity for for Marnie. And, well, it does go down as one of the better, I think, celebrity appearances that they've had. Because... At least he knows the name of the company. He knows he didn't. He didn't do a Jeremy Piven and call it, and get the name of the pay per view they're building to wrong, like when Jeremy Piven called it Summerfest.
1: <laughs> Summerfest. <laughs>
0: I, I was trying to make oh, a point man. of like the like guy actually not like fucking up and like knowing the product. And yet, despite the fact that Jeremy Piven and Arnie are on vastly, vastly, vastly different ends of celebrity spectrum here. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh,
1: who'd rather have are you sure? Jeremy Pivot or Arnie? Oh, Arnie? Arnie. every time.
0: So as I said, they're basically they're, they're already building Savaris series, they already think we've got their money. Uh on the next episode of the retro review we'll be talking about as far as ninety nine or Carl has agreed to uh, to join me for that. I've already watched a little bit of the review so I kinda of know what to expect and uh I can't wait to properly talk about it. But I really thank like you once again for being a part of the Retro Smitten review.
1: Oh thank you for me Scott, it's been a pleasure.
0: and uh I joked about the uh all these podcasts you've been doing recently as well as this at the start of the show, so why don't you make your plugs and tell people what else you've been up to?
1: Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you enjoy football, uh of the podcasts are up near enough every couple of days, obviously, with the amount of football playing. Uh, there is a new series um, that I have. Uh, it's all original, not derivative of anything ever called Rue 501, where you pick five things you hate. Uh, that episode with Nathan is on... As well, and also uh, a special F1 podcast that I did with Carl. So, plenty more stuff coming from me. So, if you enjoy listening to a Birmingham Brummy accent, then yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, good. Uh, you can remember to follow Rogue Opinions on Twitter at Rogue underscore opinions and on Instagram as well. You can get me at six and Check back through the archives of everything else we've got going on at Rogue Opinions, especially the stuff that we said. Uh, previous episodes of Rogue Retro Smackdown review and we well, got some of the other cool stuff like the stuff of the A-Team and the grapple update stuff I've been doing with Jimmy and Nathan in the uh, recent quiz where I pitted those two against each other and well, i hope you'll tune in for Survivor Series with me and Carl and post Survivor Series I have plans to expand my uh, guest co hosts going forward outside of the, uh, the confines of Rogue Opinions. I'll have some uh, and guess I know from other places coming in so we'll uh, be all tuning for that and we look forward to seeing you at uh, the virus news and see you next time
1: Yeah, Bye guys, thank you Bye